0: Hello there and welcome to another edition of Making Money with the Financial Coach, Ron Hebert, Retired Portfolio Manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, Retired Broadcaster. Ron, we've talked in the past about how do you find a financial advisor. sit down, you have a list of questions, you try to build a relationship, you get comfortable with each other, you start investing your money and then lo and behold, some years later at whatever point, whether your advisor leaves to go to a different location or to a different company or they retire, what happens when you lose your advisor?
1: Well, if the advisor retires, that's usually the easy one, because typically if you know you're going to retire in five years, you go out and try to find someone that you can train or that has lots of experience to come in and you introduce them to all the clients and the, the transition is is gradual and it's pretty seamless. So generally, retirement is the easy one. That doesn't require a lot of work on your part. It's usually very, very seamless. Where the problems exist is if the advisor moves to another investment house, uh, either because they've received a more lucrative offer uh, or they just sense better opportunities at, at the new place or have products that they can get that they can't get at the former place. If you find yourself in this situation, you'll have two choices to make. Either you're going to move with the advisor to the new firm or you're going to have to stay where you are. And obviously you want to take some time thinking about this, because if it doesn't work out, then you're immediately going to have to make another decision for the second time to try and correct what you should have done the first time. So if an advisor changes firms, um, you want to spend some time asking the right questions so you can make the right decision the first time and you're not scrambling around because you didn't have enough information previously.
0: So what are some of the questions we should ask if that is the scenario we're facing?
1: Well, the first thing that you want to ask if you're, so let's focus on if your advisor goes to another firm. Well, the first question you want to ask is what's it going to cost me? Is the fee structure the same? So, If you get charged by the trade or you have a management arrangement where they charge you so much per dollar of assets that you have with them on a yearly basis, you want to see whether that fee structure is the same and if there are any other fees that might be hidden. uh, Often you'll get a long contract with with different fees that they, they could possibly charge you, and you want to go down the list and just Routinely go through one after the other. Am I going to get charged for this? Am I going to get charged for that? And just make sure that it's not costing you more money to go to another firm. Will you have access to the same products with the new firm? Is that a Uh, question you should ask? Well, sometimes you'll find that maybe your investment advisor that you were using is licensed to do um, options. Maybe they're licensed to to do versus futures or commodities. So if the new firm doesn't have the trading desk to do that, maybe you're moving with your new guy to a place where you're not going to have the options to trade. So you want to make sure the products and the services that you have at the new financial institution are similar to what you have where you are. If it's a managed type product, can you just transfer it over in kind to the new place? Or do you have to sell everything, incur the costs and of course the taxes to move it all across and reinvest it again? So those are questions, especially the tax questions. Uh, You want to make very sure what you're getting into because if you transfer a portfolio that has 300,000 with the capital gains in it, it's non-RSP, you transfer it over because you like the guy you were dealing with And they don't have similar products. You're going to have to sell what you have and rebuy something else. And that can be extraordinarily expensive for you. So here again, you want to ask the questions first. And
0: maybe when the advisor moves to this new firm, there's always, I guess, the opportunity there that they may have some vehicles that you didn't have exposure to before.
1: Oh, yeah. There's an upside to this because often, especially if you're moving from a smaller firm to a bigger firm, Often the bigger firms will have maybe a bond trading desk, maybe some global trading desks in Europe and Asia, where you get access to uh, products that you just wouldn't have with a smaller firm. So there's 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 just a lot of give and take back and forth, and it depends on the kind of investing that you do. It can either be a big winner for you or sometimes it can close a lot of doors.
0: And when the when the investment advisor moves, I mean, I know, for instance, in your business, you had a, a support team with you that we're working with you. Does that team often move with the advisor, or are they going to have to go out and find new help?
1: Well, often that'll depend on why the advisor is moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if the advisor's moving because they got themselves into compliance trouble, or or, or management doesn't like them anymore, uh, sometimes it's uh, I quit. You're fired. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Not necessarily in that order. And often if, if someone leaves and they don't take their staff with them, it's because that situation happened. The staff knows what's going on and they just as soon disassociate themselves with that individual. If most of the staff comes, it usually means that, um, You know, if you've had someone for 15 or 20 years working with you and they know all the clients and they are familiar with your investment style and the type of products that you buy, uh, often they'll want to come with you because it's just easier uh, going with someone you know than going to someone else and learning a whole new system maybe that you're not terribly comfortable with. So uh, usually when an advisor takes their staff with them, usually that's a very good signal. What about, does the new firm pay transfer fees if I move? Is that often the case? If the firm that you move to isn't paying transfer fees, it's typically $150 per account. So let's say you have two RSPs, you have two TFSAs, you have two individual accounts, and maybe you have a corporate account. That's seven accounts. So that's well over a thousand bucks right there, just in transfer fees, and so generally, if the new firm wants you bad enough, they will pay the transfer fees.
0: Well, it would make sense if you're if you're moving seven accounts. I mean, probably there's significantly more than a thousand and fifty dollars involved.
1: There. Yeah, and if yeah. if the firm decides that they don't want to pay the transfer fees, generally it means that. Your account is too small anyways, and really that's a subtle way of saying that stay where you are. <laughs> we're not interested. <laughs> yeah, we're not interested. But that's a question you want to negotiate up front. Are you going to pay the transfer fees? And if you don't, well, then you've got other questions to ask. Okay, so your advisor has,
0: has decided to move along. Uh, let's say they have going to another. Now, you have to make the decision, do
1: I stay put? And, and how do you go about doing that? Well, here again, if you find that you had a rather awkward relationship with uh, your advisor, and this is just an opportunity for you to, uh, they're moving on, and it's just an opportunity for you to sever the relationship in a nice way where it isn't really awkward, where you just say, well, no, I think I'm more comfortable staying where I am, then here again, there's another list of questions that you want to ask. Because typically, if you decide to stay management at the firm is going to pick a new advisor for you. And so you want to ask them, was the decision based on the new advisor I'm going to? Was it based on their level of profitability with the firm? How much seniority does this person have? Was that a part of the criteria? Does that person have an investment style that's compatible with mine? And obviously the one you want the yes answer to is the last one. Does the investment advisor? Does he have the same style and, and as as I do? If I'm a trader, I want a trader. If I'm if I'm conservative and I want to buy stocks for the long term, is that kind of person going to do it? Are they going to try and sell me managed products or mutual funds or ETFs or other things when I don't particularly want that? So you want to find someone who's who's linked up with you but they're linked up for the right reasons not just because they're being rewarded because they do a lot of commission for the firm or they're in management's good books so you want to make sure that there's a very good fit for you
0: so you're working now you've been assigned a new advisor by the by the existing firm you have to ask them well do you have access to the same products as my former advisor did because is that sometimes not the case
1: Well, some advisors, frankly, they don't have licenses. So if you do options, well, a lot of advisors don't have an options license. Some advisors don't have a license where they can trade equities. They can only trade mutual funds or some just do insurance type products. So you want to make sure that the, especially if you have no um, plans to do anything else, well, if you've got an advisor that just you know, pretty much focuses on funds, that's fine. But if you need a little wider runway with your investment choices, well, you wanna make sure how they're licensed and make sure that they, they have the ability to, to buy you the products that you're looking for. All right, are my fees gonna stay the same? That's the big one, right? <laughs> well, he, here again, uh, just because you get a new advisor at the same firm doesn't mean that that advisor is going to charge you the same fee as the departing advisor. Often, that you'll find that if there's 10 advisors in a room, they have 10 different fee structures. So obviously, if the fee structure is lower, that's good for you. But if the fee structure is higher, well, you wanna make sure that you see that and renegotiate that before you sign the transfer documents, not after you get your first month statement and uh, you see the fees deducted from your account. And I suppose one of the big
0: ones is you should, when you're, you're sitting down and you're making this consideration, you want to know what kind of experience you're dealing with here. Like how long have you been at this and what's your track record?
1: That is whether you're um, looking for your, your, a new advisor uh, or you're planning on staying at a firm and they're appointing an advisor for you. You don't have to take the advisor that they recommend to you. You can be more specific by saying, no, no, no. I need someone who's, you know, I want to deal with a woman because she understands my issues. Or I want to deal with someone who um, has a focus on um, stocks and bonds, or I want to deal with someone who can write covered calls on stock, you have the option of of picking, of having some say in the choice. And of course, one of the things that you should be adamant about is that you want a new advisor that's got some experience, you want an advisor who isn't getting his financial education with your money, you know, so it's important to have an advisor that's usually I'd recommend who's gone through two market cycles. Often, you'll learn quite a bit the first downturn in the market, you'll learn a lot more after the second one. So after you've experienced two opportunities to lose money, uh, generally you don't make those same mistakes again. So if you're looking for someone, someone who's brand new and wet behind the ears, they might be very wonderful people and they might work very hard, but frankly, this is business is a learning curve and you will learn a lot and you'll learn most of what you know, not in the good markets, you'll learn it in the bad markets. In other
0: words, you want the grizzled veteran.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, the veteran who's... Had the wee beat out of them a few
0: times. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. If if you've been dealing with somebody and you're comfortable with them and they decide that they are going to move on to greener pastures or perhaps face retirement, well, retirement's a different situation because you don't have a lot of options there. But otherwise, there are some questions you should ask, kind of like when you're looking for an investment advisor at the start, which we covered on a show some time ago.
1: All I can say is that don't let this catch you unprepared because if you don't make a good choice then you have to disentangle yourself from the new advisor you're with and often that's very uncomfortable it can tend to be emotional and stressful so make the good choice the first time and so you don't have to do it again
0: so you're not making the choice twice or three times or four times if your advisor moves sit down and make a plan and again work the plan Ron Hebert is the financial coach. The show is called Making Money. Remember, if you have a question for us, we'll try to tackle it. All you have to do is send it through the cfcw.com website. It'll come straight to our inbox, and we'll deal with it in upcoming episodes. The show is called Making Money. I'm Gord Whitehead On behalf of Ron Hebert, thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.